This is Other Voices. We're listening to varied views from local people who might otherwise not be heard. I'm Melissa Hale Spencer, editor of the Altamont Enterprise, which focuses on Albany County, New York. I'm talking to Penny Shaw Bartley, longtime leader of the Hilltowns Player. During the pandemic, Penny delved into her family's history and documented the story she'd long been told. Fleeing persecution in Ireland, her family was unable to leave the Netherlands for America because they weren't Dutch. But a kindly sheriff in the province of Gelderland spared hanging a horse thief, Goosen Jansen Van Oort, in return for the thief claiming the Irish immigrants' kin so together they could board a ship to journey to the New World. Penny turned the story into Goosen the Musical. The show includes an Irish jig, several barroom-style sing-alongs, and also Ava Nagila, a Jewish wedding song and dance. You'll have to come to the show to find out why, she says. I'd just like to start, for people that are listening and are not familiar with the players, and I understand you're celebrating your 40th year, yeah. could you just kind of give us, not a full-blown history, but you know, a general idea of Who are the players? How did they start? What keeps you going? Which is really rare for a community theater group all these years. Yes. Um, Well, it started in 1982. It was a a dream of a handful of people. At that time, there were no community theater groups in this area. And Mitch Haverly was the high school music director, um, our teacher. And... Um, Arlene Lendrum was uh, a member of the school board and her children went there to school and Whipple as well. Pat Favreau uh, was the Burn Town clerk for years. Her children went to Burn and um, John Foster was the science, high school science teacher. And the fa- five of them just got together and said, wouldn't it be neat to have a community theater group uh, for you know, these parents and the kids that graduate and to to do something unique like that for the Hilltowns, you know, our families and friends and anyone who wanted to come. So they started it the first summer of 1982. Um, uh, they had auditions for Little Abner. And oh at my that gosh. Time, yes. Yeah. And at that time, um, I was 24. I had three young children and uh, saw the advertisement for it. <laughs> I thought, I remember back to my high school years, I came from a very small high school that didn't have music theater shows like that. But I would go to the nearby larger high school, Ithaca High, Michigan and saw their musical plays. And I remember the first one that I, that I went to was uh, My Fair Lady. And I thought, oh, I want to do that. <laughs> and the next year was The Music Man. And I just, you know, I thought, well, that'll never happen. I won't, you know, have that opportunity. And so I auditioned for Little Abner and I got the part of Daisy May. And I, I was just bit by the bug, but prior to that, all many, many years as a girl growing up, our family loved to sing and be in talent shows. And so it was it was in the genes, I guess. But the Hilltowns players continued and we we just did a musical every year for like five years then we expanded to talent shows and um traveling dinner shows and um 
for, you know, talent shows for kids, talent shows for adults. And there's always a handful of people that just stay with the group, you know, for several years running. And I am the last of the dinosaurs. <laughs> I, I have stayed with the group for, for all 40 years. So, yeah, well, that's just amazing. And one of the things I love about it, of course, the centerpiece is theater and people always seem to enjoy the show. But just the way you're so inclusive before inclusive was even a trend. I mean, I you've made parts for like a girl in a wheelchair and you just kind of embrace whoever wants to be part of it. And it's the our fall show our policy is um, anyone who auditions is in the cast you know of course we you know we have to select the stronger voices um singing voices <coughs> for the leads but we don't turn people away and um one year we had a um a girl who was deaf um and she but you know, she sang right along with us, uh, but we had to let her know what was happening next. She had a, a partner that stayed with her and yeah, you know, children, um, the talent shows were open to any child. The, uh, our fall show is from eight-year-olds on up because it's quite a rehearsal, you know, schedule um like seven to nine seven to nine thirty three nights a week so we will take younger ones and try to let them go home after an hour of rehearsal <laughs> except for the week of the show they really have to be committed as well their parents do and they are so we've had three generations oh my um, god the Osterhout family um the the parents and children and grandchildren were involved in several shows, you know, through a span of time there, three generations. And I thought that was great. <laughs> that is great. And so rare. Well, you yeah. mentioned your own family and I'd like just to explore that a little. You said you used to sing together as a family. Yeah. Just tell us, this is in Michigan. Tell yeah. us a little about who your mother and father and siblings are. Sure. Farmers. I came from farmers, <laughs> uh, crop and livestock. Um, but they also worked other jobs to supplement, you know, uh, the income. But yes, I grew up on a farm. Um, me and my siblings worked out there in the fields, um, hoeing out weeds and driving the tractor and feeding the animals. And um, Sundays we would go to church. And when we came back, <clears throat> um, while the potatoes were cooking on the stove or chicken in the oven, we would sit or, you know, stand around the piano. Mom would play the piano. Dad would play the guitar. Um, each of us children either picked up the playing the piano or the guitar or both, both. And we just sang all the old gospel songs and, and country Western songs and um, folk songs and sing harmony and and dad, uh, dad's side of the family, several of them yodeled. My grandma Shaw would, would would yodel to call the kids in from outside when it was supper time. 
they'd hear the yodel and they'd come. So dad learned how to yodel and his siblings, and he taught me how to yodel. And so some of those country Western songs, we'd toss in a yodel. <laughs> and so happy memories. Those I think I remember your yodeling in one of the shows that you did. And oh, I probably, <laughs> I didn't know the history. Well, this is a perfect segue into your family history because yes. your deep, deep family history, because that is how, just tell us the story of how you came to write this musical. I, well, the, the name of the musical is called Goosen, the musical. <laughs> and uh, it's the main character's name is Goosen Jansen Van Nort. I didn't know I was related to him. I didn't know his name. None of us knew his name. My great aunt Hazel Van Oort, back in the 70s, uh, traced the family tree. This was before internet. So she had to call people, go visit them, have them write letters to her, go to the um, uh, courthouses, you know, look for legal documents. So she put a lot of footwork into it. And which I, side of the family is this my, your? My mother's maternal side, my, my oh. grandma Goodhall's maiden name was Van Oort. And there was a story uh, well, my, my great aunt Hazel was able to trace the Van Oates at that time back to a William, Reverend William Van Oat from Mammoth, New Jersey. And that's as far back as she could go. One of the letters that she got from uh, uh, one of the great uncles <coughs> um, on the Van Oates side stated that the Van Oates were actually Irish and that they had been persecuted and they left Ireland and went to the Netherlands. And uh, from there, they decided they wanted to go to America, but they weren't allowed on the ship by the West Dutch Indian Company because they, they were only allowing Dutch citizens on the ships. So the sheriff in the town, according to my family's story, <laughs> um, took pity on them and on the horse thief that he had in jail that he was supposed to hang and uh, the, this was a Dutchman and named Van Oat. And so the policy was at that time, the regulations allowed just one person to prove their Dutch citizenship. And then they could point to a, um, a number of people and say, this is my family. So they wouldn't check the rest of the people's citizenship to see if they truly were Dutch. They would allow them on the ship if one person in that group could prove they were Dutch. So apparently that's what the sheriff set up for this group of family, eight of them, eight families. And this horse thief, um, God bless that sheriff. <laughs> and so uh, they all they got on the ship and uh, we were told that the eight family changed their last name to Van Oat to get out, be able to get on the ship. Yeah, I'm Van Oat. <laughs> <laughs> and so they got on the ship and when they got to America, um, they said that uh, the, the horse thief kept to himself the whole voyage over. And when they um, got off the ship, he took off and they never saw him again. But the families all decided it's a new life. We'll keep the new name. So they kept Van Oat. And, you know, we, my family thought that was so cool. We were saved by a horse thief and uh, kept the name Van Oat. So during um, the pandemic, when we couldn't go anywhere, 
one of one of the first things I did was polish off a book that I had written but never published about my dad's side of the family, the Shaws, um, Carrie's heritage. And so I got that published, uh, printed through the Altamont Enterprise <laughs> and uh, sold a bunch of copies and then thought, well, I did my dad's side of the family. <clears throat> I want to trace uh, I want to find my husband's side of the family, one in particular, and that was his grandpa Bartley, who no one would talk about. And all his dad would say was that it wasn't good. And so so I went on a venture there searching for him um, through the ancestry, you know, places <clears throat> and was able to find him where he's buried when he died. He died at the age of 55. Um, in 1935. And as soon as I entered his information, a photo popped up that some other person had put on their family tree. <laughs> and he looked exactly like my husband. It was ironic. And I, it just, you know, he came in the door right at that moment. I says, you want to see what your grandpa Bartley looked like? <laughs> and he came over and he goes, Oh my! And then he grabbed a photo of himself when he was in the military, a military photo back when he was 55. Same receding hairline, same jawline, same mustache. They both had a mustache. It was amazing. That um, is, it's like oh, this figure from the past. But did yes. you ever find out why it wasn't good? You know, that no, he was in and out of jobs. Yeah. Um, so, and they had five kids and that was during the depression. Mm -hmm. you know, so it could have been any number of things. Um, so uh, they eventually, you know, separated and what, you know, she remarried and, you know, moved, moved on. So from, you know, I was bit, I was truly bit. And so I thought, well, I'm going to, you know, keep tracing family trees. I've got to do this. this is, I would stay up till three in the morning. <laughs> Some nights. Oh, by the way, I would like people to know that there is a site you can look up called um, uh, New York Historical Newspapers. Over 11 million sheets of pages of new from newspapers. And way back when the Altamont Enterprise used to post, Altamont Enterprise newspapers are included. Mm -hmm. Altamont Enterprise used to have... Um, uh, correspondence from the different villages. Burns was Alberta Wright. <laughs> God bless her. I love that lady. Um, but anyway, all of those pages were available and it would say, so-and-so spent Sunday dinner with such and such a family. And we yeah, found, that we was even 40 years ago when yes. I started at the Enterprise. Alberta yes. was writing about Burn and we had one correspondent for each town. So yes. yeah. So, um, yeah, one time, as a matter of fact, Alberta, <laughs> this was in the early one Saturday morning. We were surprised by my brother showing up from Michigan. He drove all night to come. He was 18 years old and he just wanted to get away and come out and visit. No, nope, didn't tell anybody where he was going or that he was leaving. And he, we had just realized he was there. He knocked that morning and we came in just a few minutes later, the phone rang. I said, hello, and it's Alberta. And when I, as soon as I said, hello, she goes, who's there? <laughs> and I said, hello, Alberta, is this you? She goes, yes, 
You have a car in the parking lot with a Michigan license plate. Who's there? <laughs> she did have her finger on the pulse of the community. Oh. Yes. So my brother was in the Altamont Enterprise newspaper the next week. <laughs> oh, man. So I started tracing my family tree and I was able to connect back to that Reverend William Van Oat that my aunt was able to go back to. But I followed that back further because there was you know more information available. And it went back to a Goosen Jansen Van Oort. Um, I found the passage list, passenger list with his name and eight other families, which is, you know, our family story said there were eight families in the ship that they came over in 1661. And then I also found a professor's from California, professor's very detailed um, uh, research on the Van Oat family in the United States. And he traced every single one of them back to Goosen, no other Van Oat, but back to Goosen as the guy that came over. And I thought, wait a minute, (laughs) is he the horse thief? And am I related to him? Is that the guy? Was this a story that someone made up to put, you know, because they were embarrassed? (laughs) I don't know. And, um, I found, so I read more about Goosen and he was married to a gal named Mar- Marie Peak. These are my relatives, you know, uh, Marie Peak, whose father was Jan Peak, who was a trader and trapper up and down the Hudson River and had a post, you know, trading post, which eventually became Peekskill, named after him. And he married a woman who had been married before to a man who was 30 years older than her. (laughs) Her name was Maria Detruax. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing it right. But um, her first husband um, built a tavern for her called Maria's Tavern down in New Amsterdam, which now is Manhattan. um, Basically at the corner of what is Pearl Street and Maiden Lane. Still the, the, you know, that area is still there, of course. Her tavern is not. But she was taken to court. (laughs) And there's court documents I found um, for breaking what were called the blue laws at that very Puritan, you know, no drinking after 9 p.m., no drinking uh, on Sundays, no um, giving alcohol to the Indians, you know. Um, And she didn't care, apparently, (laughs) because she did it anyway, and she was taken to court several times for it. But she also took other people to court, too, if if they wronged her. One police officer broke one of her glasses, and he wouldn't pay it, you know, a drinking glass, he wouldn't pay to replace it. She took him to court. And he had to pay for it. <laughs> so Goosen married right into the same kind of people uh, as he was. I wasn't able to prove, find proof of him being a horse thief in the Netherlands. But there's all kinds of court documents in Albany, because that's where he and Mayor lived in Schenectady near the Mohawk River. Um, they had a plot of land there. But he was taken to court several times for getting in fights being drunk, owing people money, <laughs> breaking the blue law, you know, driving a sleigh on a Sunday, but he was taking a woman to the hospital. 
to be to be stitched up by a surgeon, but he still got fined oh for goodness. breaking the law. So I'm reading all of this, and I turned to my husband and I said, "This is such a funny story." And initially, I was thinking of writing it into a book, which I may do eventually. Um, but I said, "It's been a while since I've written a musical. I want to give it a try." And so I put it into a musical and uh, we have uh, an Irish jig <laughs> song, song with dance. Um, <clears throat> a couple so that would of, be the beginning of the musical where the yeah, family's still in Ireland. OK, that's, that's right. As, as we think they are. I am Irish. Celia mm-hmm. um, McFeeters married a Morris Van Ote. And Morris, they were my great great grandparents. So I am Irish, but not through the Van Oates. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, we got a couple of maybe three bar uh, bar rooms, you know, tavern style sing along songs. Um, and I won't give the reason for this. I won't give it away. But there's also uh, a wedding song and dance Haba Nagila a Jewish Jewish yeah yes so so I put that one in there too and you'll have to come to the show to find out why (laughs) okay well that's a very riveting song I love that oh yes oh yes so our our choreographer Maureen she's been with me for years um and she she's she always makes the dance steps fun and easy even for us old folks (laughs) As my husband says, those of us who have three left feet. <laughs> so my husband's in it. Um, we have a, a couple of new people, um, old timers, young young ladies, um, young girls from the elementary grade, and yeah. So it's 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 a smaller cast, which I anticipated because we're just getting started again. It's like this is new it's been this is it's been three years since we've done a musical yeah the pandemic everything was on hiatus and something I think just disappeared and aren't coming back so I'm glad you didn't but just give us the nitty-gritty details that people need to know where when how how much that kind of thing so it's going to be held in the gymnasium at Camp Pinnacle the address is 621 Pinnacle Road, Boreesville, even though it's up by Thatcher Park. <laughs> um, the ticket prices are general admission at the door, $12 for adults, $8 for senior citizens, veterans, military, teens, and children. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the the reason we're having at Camp Pinnacle isn't because the school wouldn't allow us there. It's just that we're still staring at COVID and the schools need to protect their children. And so if they need to, like during COVID, they said no outside groups could use the building. I didn't want to take that chance this year. I thought it'd be good to get one more year under our belt and then move back to um, the school and use it like we've done all these decades. <laughs> but um, Camp Pinnacle staff opened their arms and you know said, yes, we're here for everybody. And um, we would love to have you here. So we're very thankful to them for allowing us to um, do our show there. 
So we and need what, to hard, Oh, go ahead. What are the dates? The dates oh, exactly. and times. That would, that would help. <laughs> um, November 18th and 19th, that Friday and Saturday night at seven o'clock. And then Sunday, a matinee at three, three o'clock. So exciting, really yeah. exciting. So our time is just flown. Do you have any closing thoughts that you'd like to leave people with? Uh, um, if you, you can like us on Facebook and you'll see our poster there. And if, um, I would just ask people to repost that for us to their family and friends, and that will spread like wildfire. And, and we would just love to fill those seats. Well, thank you, Penny. I just thank think you. amazing. And this family history, you couldn't make this up. <laughs> no, no, that is true. And, and there is one thing I would like to say. One of the songs is called Don't Let the Truth Get in the Way. And um, that is actually something that an, an old friend of my husband at Camp Pinnacle used to say. He said that uh, at one time they were going to move the dining hall from one end of the from one part to another, that they cut it in half and they moved it with a team of oxen and a team of workhorses, which was very impressive. And then years later, after hearing that story over and over, someone went through a box of old photos and found a photo of them moving that dining hall with a bulldozer. <laughs> oh, oh, God. When they showed that photo to Jim Burns, he smiled and he said, well, I like my version better. <laughs> and then he said, you should never let the truth get in the way of a good story. <laughs> but the funny thing about your story is you found this all through documents. The Dutch were such meticulous record keepers. And yeah, there's the truth of history that you've reborn in a, a new fun form so and it's, and it's so much more fun in this case the truth i told my husband i said i i like this version better <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and it's the truth <laughs> yeah it's great 